Welcome to the Breaking Through with Apollo podcast, hosted by Greg and Thomas Beckers. We're here to give you an inside look on the entertainment industry through the lens of an actor and a manager, and we're here to help you break through in your own career. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Breaking Through with Apollo. We have a very, very special guest with us today, Lindsay Chag, tennis aficionado as well, yes. which we're going to find out. She's casted a lot of different projects, Legacy of Lies, Circle, Robin Hood. Also a new movie coming out called Wicked, which she actually cast me in, believe it or not. So, <laughs> so it's actually funny how small the world is that way. Um, thank you so much for being on the show. We had, we had some um, great talks before about tennis and everything like that. And um, I would actually love to, before anything, talk a little about your tennis background. Um, really? I would, I would, yeah, I think it's great. I think, you know, part of this podcast is really just humanizing casting directors that they have hobbies yeah. and fun things that it doesn't just have to be about talking about industry um tell us a little about your tennis background first of course and you just hit on something actually that i love to talk about for actors in particular because this business is um you know it's challenging to say the very least yeah and it's so important to keep you know keep um that joy going in your life you know by by engaging in hobbies and and things where you can feel good irregardless of being in the industry that's so very important so you, know, you don't just, like tie your worth to like how exactly. much you're smoking and stuff yeah exactly I, and I, luckily, so tennis has, has helped, you know, for me. I learned when I was really young. Um, my mom took me out on our driveway with a bucket of balls one day when I was like four years old and, mm -hmm. and taught me tennis. And I, I have been playing ever since. I freaking love it. I love the, the competition. Yeah. Um, I love that the game is so honor bound. Mm, which is very unique it is it is i, I mean that. if you look at how tennis was created you know and, and many of the rules still that exist in tennis have to yeah. do with you know one's own honor code which that's true you that's know true. It, it's it true is. right um, and I, I always say if you want to go into business with somebody play tennis with them first because it'll bring out the best and worst of somebody hundred percent. And you can also right. see the ones that, that cheat on the line calls. Don't do business yes. with them. Oh, yes. I hate that. That's Why do people do that in recreational games? Exactly. 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 But I think that, you know, if you really, if you have such a pure love for the game, like Roger Federer, who we were talking about, I'll, yes, I will always yes. bring him into a conversation <laughs> anywhere, yes, yes, anytime, yes. you know, but he is such an honorable athlete. You know, um, and yeah. so many of them are. So many of the pros are, which is 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 just so. Tennis, particularly, yeah, it, it lends yes. itself to those kind of people. Absolutely, but they work so hard. The work yeah. ethic is something else that's so important for actors, um, and you see that with athletes. You know, they they enjoy the process of working out. Yeah. You know, I mean, and it is they endure pain, discomfort. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, disappointment, constant disappointment. How many times as a professional tennis player, not in the top tier, but just as being a, you know, on the tour, maybe the top hundred, even top thousand, 99% of the time you're losing. Oh yeah. Well, losing. Even, even, even the guy that's ranked like 100, apparently yeah. at the end of the year has a losing record. And that's a exactly. guy that's in the world. That's crazy. Exactly. Right. And some of them, you just know, make a living and, and, you know, are in the sport for their entire lives and have no marquee value, you know, don't reach that pinnacle, but they yeah. stay doing it. You know why? Because they love what they do. You know, they're willing to commit to it a thousand percent. They yeah. have a passion for what they do. Um, and, and, and a joy of performing. It's and there's so many things uh, that, that relate to actors too. It's a very pure lifestyle life of a tennis 
player. I was thinking mm-hmm. we have a couple friends still who are like kind of journeymen on the tour, mm-hmm. as we call them, the journeymen. Yes. They're like 30, 31, and they've been on the tour for 10 years. They get like top 300, 400, 500, right. but they've been at it for so long. Um, I just think it's a lifestyle thing because the life of a tennis pro is like, even with the short period that Greg and I toured, like you're on trains all the time. You're yeah. on buses all the time. Like yeah. we had amazing memories. Like remember with um, the overnight trains in Australia? Oh yeah. I mean, we'd be like in the outback in the middle of Australia on a train, like this slow train yeah. in the middle of nowhere with a starry night, like this wow. lit up. In the day, you would see kangaroos, on, and we'd be on the train for like ten hours from like oh, you'd the see, middle. You'd see these like fifty wallabies right next to the next to the train. It was crazy. Oh, that like, is magnificent. What like a memory! That's amazing to have those. cities in Australia that nobody's ever heard of that we've been yeah. playing tournaments at, and honestly, we had some really great times just doing that. And and it wasn't even. And yeah, sometimes we got bounced first round. Greg usually didn't. I yeah. got bounced sometimes. First round. <laughs> um, yeah. Well, the thing but, tennis, tennis, like well, like we were talking about before, for me and Tom, like that's that was basically our first passion. It's what we pursued try, professionally, and it's what brought us to America. And basically, if, when I think of my childhood or anything like that, it's all tennis. Like, you wow. know, really I didn't have a tr- we didn't have a traditional childhood because we didn't party. We didn't yeah. have much of a social life because it was all you, you have to sacrifice. Everything was tennis. Absolutely. Yeah. So, and even like going on vacation, you know, you know what the first thing we'd always do on vacation was find tennis courts. Yeah, I can relate like to that. We have I still to find do that. tennis courts. Yes. Like, I still do that wherever I go. I want to know. It's like that's my my you know touchstone. Yeah. So I want to know yeah. that there is a court nearby. You yeah, know yeah, whether yeah, I know yeah. or not. It just gives me that comfort. But the thing about I mean, there's so many similarities about actors and auditioning and tennis players. So it's like two of you know my biggest passions, and 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 I love that, and I love talking about it. But yeah. you know what what you said a few minutes ago is you know you do have to sacrifice. You have to sacrifice. Yeah. You know you have to know what you want. And then keep your eye on the ball, you know, set, set specific goals. Yeah. And then, you know, you hit little milestones along the way and you just keep going. And, and it's not as if you really ever get to a point where you can say, okay, I've got everything I've got, you know, I don't need to improve anymore. I can't do anything better. You know, it's almost like the opposite happens. Like the better I got or the better, Greg, maybe you can speak on this too, but like the better I got, the more I realized that like, I wasn't that good. Interesting. I mean, you see guys, I know what you mean. That, that's exactly what happened. Like, yeah, like I got up to top eight in Belgium in juniors as like a, when I was for 16 and under. So which is solid. And you think you're good then mm-hmm. and you're like, oh, I'm top eight in Belgium. I'm playing masters and you feel really good about yourself. And then all of a sudden you start playing like these international tournaments and you start playing these futures and you're getting bounced first round and you're just first like round oh, qualifying. Yeah. Qualifying. Yeah. So you're like, yeah. oh, damn, there's a lot of good tennis players. out. I there. mean, that's the thing. Like you go you, when you're playing futures in the qualifying rounds, even you got these amazing players that if you went to your local park right now, you'd be like, wow, who is that player? Because that person's amazing. Right. And these are players that are not even getting into the first round of, a, of a, the lowest level. Pro. The caliber of players out there, once you yeah. get to a high level, is insane. Right, how right. good they are, and sometimes how insurmountable it is to get to that kind of level. Oh, well, yeah. Don't forget, don't forget how much you have to win just to get your first ATP point. You have to yeah. win like two, three, sometimes four matches in qualifying. And if you get through qualifying, you usually have to beat at least one guy that's ranked like a thousand in the world, which is already really good. And mm-hmm. then you might make main draw. And if you make main draw, you still don't have a point. 
Then you still have to win one round in that main draw against a guy that's probably ranked 600. And then you, pro then you finally have one ATP point. And you're like, damn, I just played four hard matches against top players to get one ATP point. Yeah, yeah. It's, and it's interesting that you said that insurmountable because that's, I've, I'm going to bring up I'll, back to actors all the time, but yeah. um, especially when you're starting in the business, it's hard to know, you know, well, how do I, how do I break in? What do I do? I mean, there, you yeah. know, is there one set way to do it? And, and a lot of times there's not, it's about putting one foot in front of the other, you know, it's about studying what you do, networking, yeah. you know, in tennis, you, you know, you have to, to um, have a knowledge of, you know, what tournaments you need to play, where you have to qualify what you yeah. have to do to qualify, what level you really should reach yeah. before you put yourself out there and start competing, uh, yeah. um, which is yeah. the same thing in acting. Sometimes you, you know, you, and everybody's different. You know, you will want, some actors should stay in class a year or two years, maybe before they're going to find a comfort in going out and auditioning. And others I, feel I, like they want to go away. That. Um, just from personal experience, you know, like I had a theater mm -hmm. degree coming out of college. I've done a lot mm -hmm. of acting, but auditioning for film and TV is a, an entirely different animal yes. than scene study in class. In scene study, you got all these lead roles and there's a lot of stuff. Film and TV, in my experience, has been, you gotta know your place in the script and the story and are you there to serve the main character and not hijack their scene and all that. So your choices have to be in service of the script or the right. main character or yeah. the writers. It's a very much like, in my experience, like a writer's medium almost. And, um, and that's something they, in other in places outside of LA and probably more in Atlanta now, but wasn't widely taught. So the biggest lumps that I took when I first came to LA was oh. I didn't understand how to audition. So I was playing every, like a co-star. I was like, how can I make this interesting and right. draw attention to me? So I'm right. like overacting this co-star role or something like that. And I went on, like when I first got out here, I got an agent immediately. I went on like 75 to hundred auditions in my first year and a half like I was oh. just going out like all the time oh my heavens I had no idea how to audition for film and tv like yeah. I probably could have booked so much stuff if I had it would have had like an idea where to go to a like, class but I went immediately to like a, a miser technique class which is great for your craft but particularly so I think I maybe even for me would have been better served like going into like doing that and then an audition class mm -hmm. someone that knows how to book film tv and then yeah. going out there as opposed to going out there and kind of looking green because like I may I may have known how to act but I didn't know how to audition or I didn't understand like what my role in the in the yeah well that's that's a, a point too is is that um the audition technique is different from an acting technique you know I'm not going to be out here teaching acting because that's not what I'm versed in but I can teach audition yeah. techniques because yeah I've spent you know literally decades and and have seen yeah. thousands of auditions and camera so techniques and and how it's to an absolutely it's an you art. know distinct technique and art yeah and and it requires a different type of energy a different type of focus yep. um, and a different type of preparation than than actually just being on on set so yeah that is an art form that needs to be mastered, you know, and appreciated. Um, and I think and embraced. And, you know. and enjoying the addition process too. Yes. It took absolutely. a long time for me to come around to that because yeah. for me, it was like, I was so results driven for such a long time. Mm -hmm. that like, if I didn't book it, it was a failure. Mm -hmm. It's only the last like year and a half that I finally like just been like, oh yeah, in addition, fun. Yes. And, not, and, and like just wow. getting together with, I have a good group of actor friends now who have all, who are all working and, and we all coach each other and we got a whole system like to help each other out. And it's fun now. It's like, we, we have fun with it. Whereas before it was all about just like, I gotta, I gotta like book this. And 
Yeah. It's, you know, but same with tennis, you know, it's like if you're going into the match with the sole thing of like, I have to win instead of being moment to moment in the match. It's, it's exactly you know, so the same thing. On yourself. Yes. Yeah. And yes. then you're playing not to lose as opposed to playing. Exactly. And that, that, happens, that happens a lot. Like, and, and I, I, I can, I played a lot like that too. Sometimes like to play not to lose. It happened a lot. And a lot of players play like that. So it's same with acting. If you go in with like, I know a lot of actors, that's why it's nice to do these interviews to also like see like, Hey, these are just also people. They have their own interests. Like there's a lot of, absolutely. sometimes there's a lot yes. of fear surrounding casting. So yeah. actors go yeah. in there and they're like, Oh, I don't want to screw it up. Or I don't want to do something that they're going to hate me or that they're not never going to bring me back again. It's like, you, it's so you don't take any risks so they don't play to win. Mm-hmm. They basically mm-hmm. play it super safe, but at the same time they don't book it that way. Right. Well, you know, that that brings up too. I mean, anything you do, I think in life, the happier you will be if the reason you do things, you know, what propels you forward in life um, is the internal desire and the desire to be the best you can to keep improving, you know, and just just do your best as much as you can and disregard everything else. I, I grew up so much of my life. I was worried about what other people thought. I was raised that way. You know? I, I can relate and to that too, yeah. That is a recipe for disaster in so many ways, you know, emotionally, professionally. Um, yeah. and, and then you can get to a point, especially if, if you endure any kind of disappointments in life, you know, any kind of pain, disappointment, um, mm. you know, or even traumatic event. Sometimes that is the thing that will catapult you into a, a whole different arena to live the rest of your life in. And, and that's what happened for me. And now I, I love what I do, but I live for every day. And enjoy mm. every day and enjoy wow, yeah. the process. It's all the process. It's I read in a book recently about um, you know, the process is is as if you are walking toward a star and you know intellectually, you know in your head you're never gonna reach it. You're never mm. gonna get there, but at least you're headed in the correct direction. Yeah. And that's key. You know, keep that in mind, keep that star, keep your gaze up and keep marching forward, but enjoy that process because that's all there is right here and now it's the process and loving that is, is everything. And the more you do that, the less you're fearful of other things or other people. Yeah. You know, their opinions will matter less and less, you know, it's more the thing about great athletes is they have that, that sense of commitment and discipline and their definition of success is not result oriented. Like you said, you know, the definition of success mm-hmm. is about achieve, you know, achieving optimal performance with yeah. every match, you know, with every game. And in audition, that's what the end game is, is, you know, going in and doing all you can. So when you leave that room, you feel like, you know, I did the best I can. And there's a self pride in that. And that's there amazing, is. And, right? um, I, have you ever read that book, Inner Game of Tennis, by oh, chance? Yes. <laughs> so there's, oh, yes. there's this, I, yeah. I love that book. I, not Me even too. just for tennis, but it's just, it's just a, um, there, was a just, yeah. there was a phrase in there and it said like, you should want your opponent to play as best as they possibly can because the, it, what they represent is an obstacle and it's going to require you to lift yourself up to overcome the obstacle. So like, if we're going to take it back to acting, like you should want there to be the most challenges possible yes. to put in a good addition anyway. So like if you go in the room and you get a cold room, great. You can show that you can do a great addition irregardless yes. of because you're essentially become the thermostat or the thermometer instead of the thermostat. Like you affect right. influence the room as opposed exactly. to being influenced by the room. Exactly. And, I mean, um, the, it, yes. it reminds me of that book. Yeah. Like it's, it's another obstacle and it forces you to kind of 
lift yep. yourself up. Actually, and would, I would recommend actors read that book too, actually. And, yeah. and a bunch of other books. It was an actor teacher that recommended me to read that. I didn't know about it. Wow. It's so funny. He's like, and That's I amazing. Like, My mother gave tennis. me that book when yeah. she started me off. And, you know, when I read it a few years after I started, but, but you can hit on so many points that I just absolutely love talking about with actors, you know, and, and one of them is, is just that. And it's true in an audition as well as in life that, you know, many times when we grow up, we, you know, fear becomes, you know, the ruling principle um, and, and apprehension and anxiety and nerves, you know, and, and you get to the point, you know, when I would play recreational tennis, you know, I would be intimidated by a strong opponent. And I would not want to play. I would be relieved when I found out I was playing the number two or number three player in singles and not number one, you know, and, and I looked around and the people that were real champions in my mind Mm. didn't have that mindset. You know, they had the mindset that the Roger Federer's of this world have that, you know, whenever they're interviewed about playing the other great players, what is it they all say? What is the one thing they say they all have in common? They love the challenge. Yes, I'm looking forward to it. And there's a joy, there's a passion. You see it in their eyes. It's a complete authenticity. And I think that's what separates those, because it's so odd that we have three people who always just win. And I guarantee if, if you just played a practice match with no one watching that yeah. other people could beat them. But in the, in the real, when it really comes down to it, the big tournaments, the big moments, they always seem to pull through. And I think that's because that psychological edge they have, I think that's other people who are kind of afraid of them because they don't want to yes. lose. Yes. Whereas some, they're just enjoying the actual moment. And, Absolutely. And, even, and Greg, you can expand on this, but even in some of my own match, the best matches I played, like, I would sometimes have these matches where I'd be in the third set, like three, three, third set, and all of a sudden hit me like, wow, I'm having a lot of fun right now. Did you ever have that, Greg or Lindsay? Yeah, for you? Like, I did. Funny. Oh, yes. That's funny that you mentioned that because I, was, I literally just had this conversation uh, with one of my other tennis friends, who was also a, like, he's, he was a very good player, and we were talking about that, and I was like, you know what? I, I never really enjoyed the matches where I played like really amazing and won 6 2, six, two. Cause it was just like, eh, there was no challenge there. Like there was some, but it was like, it was whatever. But then the matches that maybe I didn't necessarily always play my best, but sometimes I did, but it was like third set, six, four or seven, six, third set. Mm-hmm. Those were my like most memorable ones. And we're at the end. You like, you enjoyed it so much. And even during, because you're like, now I'm like striving, you know what I right. mean? Now I'm like right. really challenging myself. Now I'm like, it hurts, but it hurts in a good way. You know yes. what I mean? And you're like pushing yourself to that limit. And there's like, there's still, I still love playing tennis every week. So there's still yeah. a better feeling that at the end of like doing something like that, where you push yourself so hard. And then after exactly. you just feel this, like, I don't even know how to explain just this like, Elation. you know, like, yes, oh, yes, good. exactly. Yeah. And, and that builds self-esteem. It builds self-confidence. Absolutely. You know, and, and one of the reasons you can achieve those moments it's because you you were willing to put in the hard work beforehand yeah you know and that's the thing it's like then you're you're in you know you're steering your own ship you're in charge of your own destiny in a way and that's when you know you're you're living a a wonderful and fruitful life you know and I think if actors can get to that point too where you know you study everything and you should be an avid reader you should want to study everything about the craft and read about the greats the people that you really admire, you know, and, and see how they made it and, and how, how can you emulate that, you know, and what can you do to improve? What can you do to stand out? And the more you, you become a, a well-rounded human being, yes, that's a then big the more interesting you are as an actor. An audition is like a blind date. 
if you are meeting somebody on a blind date, what is it that you find compelling about that person? You know, it's uh, to me, it's somebody who's truly alive. You know, it's the energy, it's the personality. What do you, you know, think creates that aliveness in some? Because I know everyone talks about the X factor or the it fact. And mm-hmm. the truth is you see it in people on yes. screen when you see a self tape, like some people just have a spark to them. Absolutely. Um, and even like, yeah, what do you think that is? I, I would love to get your opinion on well, it. Well, I, I think that the answer to that is probably as widespread as how many people you can ask. You know, yeah. there are a million, to me personally, I can only speak to, to what I define it as. And it is a, um, a, a huge life force. When, a huge life force. Yes, so, and, and that encompasses several things. So when somebody walks into an audition room and is truly alive and in the moment, and passionate about what they do and happy yeah. to be there, that translates into something. It, it is something that is, it's like an energy that reverberates throughout the room. You feel it, you sense it, you know, you, you feel yeah. you're in, in the presence of somebody you want to watch. Mm-hmm. Like, wow, who That's is so this? True. And I, and always I ask, like, who is this? This is somebody I want to get to know, you know? Yeah. And, and it's true, not just in an audition room, but I watch performances all the time. I mean, I, yeah. I am almost addicted and obsessed to, you know, watching performances. I love it. It just gives me great yeah. joy. And I'll watch any TV show I can and movie and theater. Um, I can never get enough of it. It's that, you know, and, and once in a while, I mean, there are so many good performances, but once in a while, there's something that's exceptional and will speak to me in a way because maybe it's something I'm going through in my life or something I just discussed with somebody and it was familiar uh, topic or yeah. storyline, right? It could be yeah. a, a, for a million reasons, but there's something that resonates in that moment with that performance and touches you in a way, you know, yeah. that that makes you sit up and go, I want to know more about this person. And what I I jump online and I I want to know more about them. I find out where they yeah. grew up, where they studied, you know, that's so what, true. That's you know so what true. the road is. It's like I want to know, and that's not something. It's not something. And I, and the amazing thing about that is that. We are in control of that. I mean, there's so many things in this world and especially in this industry, we are not in control of at all. But the impression you make on somebody, you can make, you can work on presenting the best self to the outside world. You, you can do that like, at any time. You know, do you think that's like just a joy of, of being there, like the presence yes, of being there? Yes, that's a big part I'm, of it. That's well, a huge part of it. Interesting, because I've, I've, I've just been thinking now when you, when you guys have been talking about that and bringing that up, like what what it is that like really makes someone like almost maybe charming is the right word but maybe like mm-hmm. someone that really sticks out and where you're like you like being in their presence mm-hmm. I, I yes. was thinking about your blind date example and, and things like that and, and all the people that i've enjoyed talking to i i think two things that pop to mind are always a they're very present yes but they're very yes. in the moment and yes. that yeah. way to acting as well it's very present yes. it's not inside your head the whole time Right. The other thing that that's just that I notice in people that's an amazing quality and is I think good for acting too and to improve yourself as a human being is curiosity. Mm -hmm. So people that are naturally very curious are are always very very well-rounded people. They're interested in different things, and it's like what we're talking about because you've read the Inner Game of Tennis, and I think actors should spend more time on becoming a more well-rounded person especially yes. psychologically and with mindset 
because I don't think enough attention gets put on mindset. There's, there's all classes on technique, uh, business of acting. There's all I kinds completely of classes, agree with that. There's nothing on mindset when yes. everything in the world, be that money, relationships, career, mindset is something that everyone agrees is the most important thing. Without that, even if you get some external success, you're going to self-sabotage yes. because your mind's not exactly. right. Exactly. You, you want to, you know, that's why when you were saying about somebody being totally present, that's where the word obviously presence comes from. And, you know, presence, you're talking yeah. about people that have presence. I mean, presence. that's what the it factor is. It's presence. But, but also presence doesn't mean you have to be gregarious and yeah. outspoken and, and so an speak more on that if you could, cause I think there's a, a lot of times when people think that they think like Tom Cruise obviously has the it factor and he's got that gregarious, but then you have Christian yeah. Bale, who's also to me very present when he's acting, yeah, absolutely. but he's not this like jovial um, and that's okay because those things are exterior. What I'm talking about, I think the presence and in being in the moment and the big life force I'm talking about are things that happen internally mm -hmm. and then are noticeable when you're in that person's midst. You notice that, okay, that's somebody, there are things going on behind the eyes. There's a lot going on there. You know, there's, there's something that is, there's a humming, right? You know, mm -hmm. there's, there's things are whizzing you know, in that person's mind and heart and soul. It's like, they're, they're just present. They're there. And, and so many things feed into that. Absolutely. A joy of living a joy for what you do. Um, curiosity. Absolutely. You know, that is, that is key education research. All those things are key. Hard work, hard work. You have to love working hard. You cannot, many people can get to the point without working hard, but if you work hard, you, you widen your chances of getting there quicker. You know, I think yeah. working hard is key, a big work ethic. Um, commitment is huge, really committing to it. And they're all intertwined. All of these things, you know, are, are intertwined, which is interesting. And then the mindset, having a positive mindset. I could not speak enough about that. I think that's huge. So when I am in workshops or um, sessions with actors or classes, this is what I talk about. I've been talking about this forever. I actually um, did an interview uh, in a book that um, Karen Kadajian wrote back in, I think, 2000. So that was a while ago. And mm -hmm. I just reread that recently because my sister mentioned it to me. And I talk What's about the these the same things. It's um, the Encyclopedia of Casting Directors, I think. Okay, we write that down. Yeah, I, I have to look at what, um, they're the casting, yeah, I'll look it up, but Karen Kadajian. Um, and I talk about the spiritual life of actors and that that's what, what, you know, is key. And I, and even then I didn't feel that was talked enough about And here 20 years later, I'm still talking about the same thing and it's magic. It's magic. I just, I love speaking about this, but I think that cultivating, you know, your spiritual side as an actor or a human can only be positive and greatly. So I really think the sky's the limit, you know, the, the more work you do on that area of your life, the more the rest of your life will, will blossom and and, um, and and you'll prosper. Well, let, let's, in many, many facets. let's talk a little bit more about that actually, because I find this really interesting because I, I it really doesn't get talked about a lot. It gets talked a lot about in other areas of life. Mm -hmm. Weirdly, yeah. yes. it doesn't get talked about that much in acting, where like mindset is so important, blah blah blah. It really doesn't get talked about that much, in my opinion. Um, mm -hmm. but, but it's like you're saying, everything comes from that in anything that you do in life. Absolutely. So, so like the, like I have my own opinions on things that I think people should do for mental health and mindset and stuff. Like I'm a huge yes. proponent of therapy, for example. 
um, uh, for mental health and, and things like that. But there's obviously different ways to go about it. There's not one way. So what's something that, I don't know, something that you would recommend to like get started? Like, let's say you're an actor and you've done mm -hmm. everything. You've done all the technique classes. You got all your marketing materials, but like maybe there's something in your mind that you don't completely like, you don't have enough self-belief, which I think is the case in a lot, for mm -hmm. a lot of actors. Like you don't mm -hmm. see yourself as like, Hey, I'm a, I'm a series regular actor. I'm a, I can do this. This is like, this will be normal for me, which I think I tell my actors all the time. That's it, it's so important to already have that mindset and to yes. see yourself as a series regular or uh, the lead of a movie. Because if you don't see yourself like that, how are you going to convince someone else to see you like that? That is a huge truth. A huge truth. That is so important. Um, there are many things you can do. One is um, to keep educating yourself, you know, and 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 remain a student, you know, and an avid learner. Um, that will lead, you never know where that will lead. You may be reading about somebody who was inspired by a certain class in a certain city and, and you may be led there and meet somebody. You never know where these things are gonna lead. Um, but having a strong support system. Yep. Um, you know, Thomas, you mentioned yeah. this too, that you know, I that, love the fact that you have a group of friends that that champion each other. I think that's that huge and that's paramount. Was the biggest probably even more so than acting classes that that was if I had to give a, any advice to new actors in LA. It's get a strong support exactly. system of people who love the craft, are good yes. at the craft, have yes. studied the craft with the great teachers that are available in LA, right? And are working and understand it because that alone. I had this stupid idea in my head when I first got that I'm going to do it alone. Yeah. I don't know why I had this idea the first couple of years. Yeah, remember, you, I used to, you used to Tom used to have this whole lone wolf thing going on. I understand that. I can relate to that. I was very antisocial yeah. the first yeah. couple of years in LA. That I was like, I'm gonna do. I was getting all these editions. I was prepping them myself. I wasn't running them by anybody. And like every edition now, I run it by at least two of my actor friends because also it's like a tennis match. Your mm -hmm. coach sees things on the court that you're not seeing because you're in it. I used to exactly. watch Greg play and I'm like, listen, give him a low slice to the backhand. He can't do anything with it. It's right. so obvious to me. <laughs> yeah. But because he's in the match, he doesn't see it. So it doesn't yes. matter that you're, even if you're a better actor than your friend, maybe like they see things because they're not in it and they're objective yeah. on their advice. Yeah. When yeah. It's, you're in it, you just don't see everything always. That's what coaching each I, other I is so quickly. Cool. I want to quickly add on to what you're saying. To, uh, that's super interesting. I think it, I think that's super important to get different viewpoints and to surround yourself with the yes. right people. A, yes. I think that's just important in general. They always say it's the biggest cliche, but they always say you're the average of the five people that you're surrounded yourself with. Mm. So you need to make sure Boy, to surround like yourself mm -hmm. with the right people. That's key in anything that you yes. do. Yes. Uh, I do want to say on what Tom's saying that, and because actors can go extremes sometimes, you know, sometimes they either don't yeah. run it by anyone and they do the lone wolf thing, or sometimes it happens on the opposite side, which is also not good. They listen to too many people. Yes, yes, I see that. It's, it's about that. It's yes. about that also happened with me. Yeah. Um, I got to a point where like, I didn't trust my own choices anymore. If somebody said something, I would automatically take theirs. And I had about a year where I would get all this coaching from teachers. And then I remember one particular one, I, I, I had an audition that I did a certain way. I went to an acting coach just to kind of get verification that I was on the right track. And she had me do it completely differently. And I get to the audition and I had a good rapport with that cast director. We ended up running it like eight times. And the eighth yeah. time we had it, we dismantled everything we did in the coaching yeah. session and got back yes. to my initial instincts, Yeah, which is what well, I had. You know, that brings up, I mean, one of, one of the key um, elements of, of acting, of, you know, being a, a professional athlete of many things in life is, um, 
is developing a resilience. Yeah. That is key in life. One of my favorite quotes is, um, life is 1% what happens to you and 99% how you respond to it. Yeah. And, yeah, yeah. and what you're talking about is just, you know, that you have to remain, you can decide on how you want to approach a certain audition, but you also have to remain flexible um, yeah. in the moment and adaptable. Yeah. And, and have the ability to do that very quickly and turn on a dime, whether you're in a tennis match or whether you're in an audition. And um, with the support system, it's very, very important to have that. Um, but along with, you know, the, the people that, that you can bounce things off of, you also want to surround yourself with people that want to see you succeed. Yes. Okay. Yeah, that's that's a, that's and as actors, one. what I tell people is, um, you know, come from a place of abundance instead of scarcity. You know, yeah. there are more roles and more projects out there than ever before. It is so exciting with all the streaming channels and everything else. There are thousands of roles. There is enough for everybody. I really believe that. I think that's just a very important mindset. That's so important right there. With. That's so important. I like, because I like, like that because that's, that's, that, like, that's how I kind of run my management company in general and kind of how me and my close friends are. Because honestly, all my close friends are actors. Uh, yeah. So, yeah. So and, they're, and they're all each other's biggest advocates. Like I can't tell you how many times mm -hmm. it's happened that one of them like really pushed and recommended to the director, you should really take my friend for this because he's an amazing for this part. See, I'd love that. So, like, and, I'd and, love that. I, I've even had, and this is going to sound crazy to some actors. I've even had an actor, one of my friends who did an audition and it wasn't exactly his type. And he felt like, uh, I'm not really that good for I don't think this was great for me. But he thought of his friend who was who fit that role perfectly, and he actually yeah. it was like, "Hey, let's have him tape it for this role." So that's even that would that's almost like directly competing with him. But he yes. saw like, "Oh, yes. I think this would be better for him actually." Right, right. Which I like, and in, you know, in tennis, I used to play USTA, you know, all the time, um, and I just haven't played recently for obvious reasons. But um, but what's great about that is that you're out there. I was a singles player, you know, playing on your own. But there are multiple um, teammates on a team, and there's a team, you know, and you have to think about the team as a whole. So I like that mentality when you talk about you know a support system of actors. You know, sometimes. Um, you know, I of course want to play, but sometimes if I think a different player is in a better place to play that day than me, I, I sh you know, I owe it to the team to talk to the captain and say, that's a hard, that's hard. That's hard. I to know do. it's one that of the hard. hardest things. As a tennis because, player, that is very hard to do. Absolutely. But you have to retain humility and you have to yeah, keep your yeah. ego <laughs> in check. And that's important as an actor too, you know, and yeah. it's, and life has a way of humbling us anyway, but, yeah. but yes. if you can find yes, a way to really write, but if you can find a way to genuinely, genuinely be pleased when other people succeed, that's a huge quality. And I think that's something we can all work on. That, um, you, know, you can learn that because maybe you can speak a little bit about that, Tom, because I, I would know, love to, yeah. I know Tom, when he initially got to LA, so when we got here like six, seven years ago, he probably struggled with that a little bit. Really? Yeah. He'll be able to kind of tell his journey. So, all the stuff we're talking about, I learned all of it the hard way. Like, <laughs> by, I, I don't think, I don't know another actor who's had as many editions as I had and booked so little. And I'll be honest and forthright, because like, you know, I didn't know back then. I didn't have anybody yeah. to guide me or anything. I didn't have any mentors or stuff. And I was also very like, I came from tennis, which is a very individualistic sport. I, I right. thought I was going to do it on my own. And all the, I was very competitive, but not in a healthy way. Yeah. I wasn't happy to see other actor friends succeed. And um, 
And so honestly, I've done pretty much everything wrong up until a year and a half ago. Like I did, I, I made every mistake in the book. I, I made every wrong decision you possibly could. I'm still here though, you know? <laughs> and, yes. Uh, and, yeah. um, and it was about a year and a half ago, Greg started doing a lot of therapy. I did this like self-development transformation program for like six months and, and, I, and it just kind of changed a lot of things that I thought of. And, and I remember telling my friends, I said, I'm going to root for you now telling them and I said I'm gonna I'm, I, I'm gonna genuinely even if it's at an addition I kind of silently say in my head I hope you guys get the part yeah because I yeah. I had this I told I remember telling you Greg like I'm gonna give unconditionally without any expectation of return uh, and believe that the uh, universe in some form will support will that will, yes. will support that yeah and ironically enough and this is this is a crazy story when I had the edition for Wicked, which is your edition, yeah. I, I was a tennis friend of mine, Jeremy, who was also a pro tennis player. He was also one of my best actor friends. Incredible actor, Jeremy. If you ever get a chance to like um, get him in for something, I mean, he is an actor's actor. Okay. Like, incredible awesome. craftsman. Yeah. Jeremy, I'm plugging you in case you're watching this. <laughs> um, <laughs> but um, but he's just like, he just loves prepping editions and everything. And, and, we're, and I told him like, you know, I remember saying, I'm really just loving the process and how we're all doing this. And we worked in a couple hours. Like I could have done like a, a couple takes and been good, but we just did like little fun things like that. And, and he was just there with me for like three, four hours, just having fun, discussing it, getting deeper, discussing it. Yeah. And I was like, and the reason he did that is because I did it like 15 times for him before without him doing a single one back for me. Mm -hmm. So I gave mm -hmm. so many times. So he so easily gave his time to me. That yes. we could really make a great addition. And that's that whole thing about like giving unconditionally in some form you'll get it back it may be somebody because he could have easily after the third or fourth take been like yeah it's pretty good send it away and i would have maybe sent it but yeah said, no, no, we can go deeper it's little like things oh, that wonderful. people can't mm -hmm. tangibly see because it's 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 the difference between your friend saying send it in and no we're going to take another hour and get even deeper Yes, and again, exactly. And that comes yeah. down to surrounding yourself with the right people. Because yes. again, people, people have a tendency to go one or the other. They, they see sometimes people go black and white with things. They're mm -hmm. just like, either they just give, 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 but they give to the wrong people. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, and some people yeah. that might be toxic for them, that's also not healthy. They're yeah. going to get very jaded that way. And then other people, they, yeah. something happens to them like that, and all of a sudden they're like, ah, oh, just not going to give at all. That doesn't mean that either. It means surround yourself with those five whatever people that it is that are also rooting for you and you're rooting for them. And then That's you don't the have to do mistake. all this bullshit of like keeping score of who's giving what because in an unconditional exactly. relationship, just like an actual loving relationship, if you unconditionally love someone, you're not keeping track on who's giving what because you know you're with the right people. Mm -hmm. And I want to exactly. expand, expand on that one more time. I know I'm talking a lot right now, but I'm just, I'm just really enjoying uh, oh, talking about Oh, me too. I love it. I love what you're um, saying. So I remember I had a talk after I did that program with, with my friends and I said like, I told them all individually, like, I'm going to unconditionally support you now. And I'm not, I also said, we got to be more demanding on ourselves in additions. Like good enough is not good. I want right. we're not going to stop until it's captivating or it's really a hundred percent there. And we all kind of promised each other that we're going to give it. We're not going to let anyone off the hook. And they don't let me off the hook, nor do I let them off the hook. But in that one year, that since that one year that we had to talk and spend one week, all of them have booked multiple times. I've booked multiple times. Like all of us, it's like a group of four of us, 
have booked multiple things. And some of them, like my friend Jeremy, has booked like five or six TV credits in the past year and hadn't booked anything in eight years. Wow. Yeah, That's tremendous. Jeremy, Jeremy booked a bunch of stuff this past year. Guest stars, he, recurring he guest stars. Our best friends. And then Brad Benedict. He's got. He booked a series regular. He like he's yeah. one of my best friends as my well. My friend LJ so. Hughes has been like multiple callbacks in Atlanta for big stuff. Like all of us, since I had I had that talk with them, they all took to it. All of us made kind of like an inner pack that we're really gonna drive each other in terms of the craft yeah. and and really giving it you all with additions. Every single one of us. I was the last one to book, and and I remember because I helped them out so much with their additions and and just calling them to give them motivation. And eventually. Right they started calling me and being like, Hey, your time's going to come. You're going to get something. And then all of a sudden, you know, wicked happened and everything like that. And I got a couple callbacks, some other big stuff. And, um, and that was the universe coming back to me for all that yes. I had given to all of them. Exactly. So if actors are listening, like give, give and don't let your friends off the hook and generally want them to succeed. I promise it comes back to you in ways it does. That, it does. In ways I mean, that don't necessarily make sense. Yeah, exactly. That's the thing. And, and, you know, it's like what you put out there comes back to you. Yeah. You know, the, the, the world will mirror what you present to it. Exactly. It's, it's, I, I really find that to be true in so many ways. And, and it's proven itself over and over again to me. And, and I think as, as actors, you know, there's so many things that are not in your control and there's so many things that are difficult and, you know, you, you will be um, uh, presented with rejection continually you know, and, and it's very, very difficult. And then, you know, actors are um, sensitive, sensitive souls, you know, and, and, you know, you walk around so many times with your heart just out there. And it seems like the world is taking a whipping stick and just like beating that heart. Oh, yeah. you know? oh, so yeah. That's why it's even more imperative for actors to practice self-care and to surround themselves yeah. with people that, that help champion them you know, and, and even if you don't have that support system yet, you can still be your own best champion. You know, I mean, like really take care of yourself, yeah. take care of your mental health, your, your spiritual health, your physical health, you it's, know, it's, and pursue excellence, you know, and, and retain absolutely. a sense of gratitude and generosity about life. And, and well, I think those things are key. What I would add to that too is like, even if they, you don't, cause I know a lot of people, they don't have that friend group. Like me yes. and some are lucky in that way, but in a, in a sense, it's not really luck because we didn't have that friend group the first three, four years here in LA. Mm -hmm. But consciously this past two years, we've really wanted that, worked on that, changed our own mindset, changed our own things. So it's not a coincidence that that happens. So I would say if you want that friend group and you want that support, start being that yourself first. Yes, Don't exactly. Don't for externally something to come into your life and be like, oh, I need these unconditional people to, to also give to me. No, no. Start right. yourself and that's what you're going to get back. Absolutely. Yes, and to absolutely. Expand, yes. To expand on that. And I remember telling Greg, because I was taking a lot of time on prepping other people's additions. Yeah. And at one point, Greg asked me, like, don't you think you're taking a little too much time on other people's stuff instead of your own? And I remember having the conversation, I said, no, because I really believe that at some point they're going to come back to me and support me in a way that I otherwise wouldn't have. And it took like in the beginning, it wasn't necessarily getting reciprocated, but then three, four months down the road, I said, I, I even said, it doesn't matter if they reciprocate. It really, mm -hmm. and I really believe that right. other people will reciprocate then the universe will, but they reciprocated and they started demanding more out of my additions and, re and calling me for so, like, you know, when I was down and stuff and we all just, we ended up having this, this fantastic support group. And a lot of that started because I decided in that friend group to be the one that was going to be like, supporting them 
yes. without expectation of return. Because in the past, I was a little, honestly, I think transactional. Mm-hmm. I think it was like, I'll support you, but then you got to do me a solid later. Mm-hmm. I, I do, I do want to add on a little bit there because I, I think there's a group of people that need to learn to give more and just give unconditionally. But you also have a group of people that we need to make sure that we address too, is that there's a group of people that are almost, let's say, people-pleasing type of thing mm-hmm. that, that do things mm-hmm. out of guilt. Let's not forget those people because those people don't have right. a problem with giving, yeah. but they, right. they give too much of themselves where it's based out of guilt and where, and where it starts hurting themselves. That's why when I told yeah. you, Tom, back when it was happening a lot, because I could see it was starting to affect him in a negative way. He was starting to get drained a little bit and yeah. he wasn't setting boundaries and being well, that's, like, hey, exactly. it's that's okay. Balance, yeah. yes. You have to be able to give out of a full cup. Yes. You can't, you can't have your cup yeah. being drained yeah. and then because you're going to grow resentful and then you're not really giving anymore. You're doing something out of guilt. That's not giving. Absolutely. Absolutely. I agree with that a thousand percent. And, and I think that that, that goes back to um, taking care of yourself. You know, if you stay mentally healthy, emotionally healthy, make sure your needs are met, you know, take care of yourself. Yeah. Self-care is very important. It's not, I'm not talking about it to a um, narcissistic, selfish, you know, completely understand me, me, me degree, yeah. but you've got to take care of yourself. And when you do that, that does include setting healthy boundaries, of course. Yeah. So yeah. You know, that absolutely that that's a great point. Um, but I think that that the happier we are as individuals in our lives, you know, the better our lives will be for us and for others around us. And and that's you know, no truer in any place than in an audition room because you're there basically emotionally naked, yeah, you know, yeah. and you are it's a completely vulnerable situation where you know actors you're you're putting your your skills and your talent and your art and your desire out there into this room full of judges. Yeah. You know, so you have to be able to maintain that that feeling of, of uh, you know self-esteem and self-worth um and and believe that you deserve the good things to happen, you know, and if bad things happen, okay, you know, it's not personal. You can you feel bad about it absolutely, and then move on. You know, and keep going, keep going, and and strive for something. And and I think if you just live a life of of you know kindness and of joy and of respect, um, I think you'll find your way to what you want. You know, yeah. acting even simple kindnesses that are anonymous. You know, being very kind to somebody on the street without anybody else knowing, none of your friends, none of your family, but just doing something incredibly kind for somebody. And that could entail carrying a, you know, one of somebody's bags or opening a door or hugging somebody, perhaps not now, unless, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> unless yeah, you're yeah, wearing masks. Yeah. But, but doing something kind anonymously um, can make you feel amazingly wonderful about yourself and inside. So and true. then you will go out, it's the ripple effect. Yep. And then when you enter a room, if you enter an audition after doing something like that, there is something that's going to shine about you in a way that wouldn't have without having enacted that. And those are the things that, that are important to look at, I think. And, and that's so true. And I'm just thinking back, even my own last year and stuff, and the moments that I had my best editions, when mm-hmm. something like that actually happened, when you're just like flying high because some random act of kindness that you did or, yes. or helping somebody or coaching somebody else or... Absolutely. Um, I mean, is, is kindness ever, ever wasted? No, never, definitely right? not. 
It's not a fun to not find that either. So, so you know, um, there's if you just practice, you know, I love that. What is that saying? It was a bumper sticker for a long time. You know, practice random acts of of kindness. Yeah. Um, and but even from a a completely selfish perspective, if you only do that to help yourself feel better, that's still a good thing. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And then yeah. That, that's interesting because like I, I love philosophy and psychology. And even in that, normally when you do something good, you, you'd want to do something because it's good to do that. That should be reason enough, mm-hmm. the goodness of it. But yes. even on a selfish level, if we're going to take in like the other benefits to it, even yeah. surrounding yourself with the right people, what that allows is that you can be safe in that space. Yes. That's actually even back in time when hunter and gathering times, that's why it was so important to surround yourself even then with the right people because you can let your guard down. If you're right. surrounded by transactional people that are always trying to get something, you're trying to get something from them, you can never really let your yeah. guard down. And that's a very stressful and unsafe life that you're living. Most definitely. Most yeah. definitely. That's a good point. That's a very good point. Yes. Yeah. And back to actors too, being because you're so sensitive and so vulnerable, you know, to rejection and having to face it all the time and to negativity. Um, that's why it's even more important to do whatever you can to maintain that sense of, of, um, of, of self-worth and, and, and joy. You know, I mean, that's just key because a lot of the encounters that an actor has to deal with, uh, you know, honestly, are not going to be positive. You know, so know that going in and, and, you know, you take the good with the bad and the bad with the good. Um, And, you know, most actors feel that, that, you know, you are an actor, that is who you are and how you want to live your life. um, And there's nothing else you'd rather be doing at all. So nobody's holding a gun to your head and saying, you have to be an actor. You know, I think 99% of actors, you know, are doing it because they love it and they feel compelled to do it because they want to do it and they have to do it. They need to express themselves that way. Um, So know that that's a very difficult life you're, you're encountering, you know, very much. I think um, embrace that part. And expanding on that a little bit, like sometimes I'll have some new actors come in town that I know that maybe went to my college or something that moved to Mm -hmm. LA and ask me, and usually I tell them like, listen, if there's anything else you want to do, do that instead. Yes, because, exactly. You know, yes. Because one, if that alone dissuades them from being an actor, then they're probably not going to make it like not make a career out of it anyway. Exactly. I think I heard Matt Damon once say it like somebody said, like, what do you what do you tell aspiring actors? Like, don't do it. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yes. And then they say, why do you say that? Because he said, if you're not going to do it because I say you shouldn't do it, you're not going to make it happen anyway. Yes. Yes. Because that's really the point. Like, it's not a logical profession at all. It's, right. For many years in the beginning, you're losing a lot more money than you make. Yeah. You know, yes. then later on, you start booking some stuff and you made some money, you know? Yeah, yeah. And, until you get to the point where, you know, can book a series regular, of course, then, then you, you know, you paid your dues. But, I mean, it is a lot. I mean. Even then, even then, the, the, hard, the hard part in that industry, that's why you have to love this. Because if you're not doing it out of love, then you honestly shouldn't do it. Because there's so many people that I've known that had a series regular and they're, they're, you're riding high. That's why, and, and you're riding high. And you think, okay, I'm set now for life because you know, mm-hmm. you, people always want to feel like they've arrived and they can finally relax, which can never yes. really happen that way. Right. So they right. get there and then all of a sudden that series ends or that, for whatever reason. And all of a sudden, sometimes some actors all of a sudden have a year or two that all of a sudden they book nothing. They're just like, Whoa, what the, what happened? Like, yes. like I was yeah. just so high. How'd I get so low again? Yeah, because that's part of it. It's it's too unpredictable. It's too many things out of your control. The only thing Absolutely. That's control is your mind and make sure. And that's why I, I think it's so important not to get too high or too low. 
right. if you're, when you're booking series reg, you're not all of a sudden God. You're not the king of the world yeah. all of a sudden. You know yeah. what I mean? But you, yes. you enjoy it and, and you put in the work, congrats, but like you're, you enjoy the process. Exactly. Too high and low just based on what yes. the result is. And the process huh? is always ongoing always ongoing it's ever evolving and and you know to to you know so keep improving yourself your yourself as a person and an artist is is so important in those times it's again to get back to a tennis player a professional athlete i mean how many times does a tennis player win a grand slam tournament and everyone's saying this person has arrived you know the media will go crazy this They'll person has arrived off. They're the it person, right? And then sometimes they lose in the first round of the next Grand Slam, and maybe they'll never win another Grand oh, Slam. Oh, yeah. So oh, all, all, all we got to think yeah. about is Djokovic. Remember when I think it was two-ish, three years ago, somewhere around that mm -hmm. period? He was dominating for a while. Yes. Everyone's like, oh, he's going to break the record. He's doing yeah. so good. All yeah. of a sudden, something happened. There's a lot of right. room. But something happened in his personal life. And then a little bit of injury. And all of a sudden, he was dropping down all the way to, like, number 20 in the yeah. world after winning yeah. pretty much yeah. Slam. And, yeah. and it went quickly. Within a mm -hmm. year, he dropped that quickly. And yes. it, it just because he's, he even said it. He's been interviewed about it. He said, my mind was not there. I, I wanted to quit tennis. He literally yes. wanted to quit tennis. Right, that right. The fact that someone that's winning three out of four Grand Slams in a year, mindset changes a little bit. He doesn't enjoy it as much. And just, boom, everything disappears. Yes. yes. And on the flip side of that, too, is while he was – enjoying being on the pinnacle the, you know at the, at the sport at, at the time people had written off nadal and federer yeah. saying well their time's done you know now it's Djokovic. they're done they're never going and then you know what happened i mean then they both win you know several more grand slams at you know later stage in their life which is another thing about you never know what tomorrow can bring you never know i mean we're, walking, we're right yeah. we're trotting down the street you know of life and just because we don't see something right in front of us doesn't mean it's not around the next corner. You just can't see it. It's that a is the hardest so, thing to, uh, right? that's a very hard one to accept. Um, yes. Because but you just keep going and believe. Yeah. You just, that's, you know, you get beat down a lot in acting. Absolutely. Like, in terms Absolutely. Of like, oh gosh, I've had like 300 something editions already. I think for just like TV film. Yeah. And yeah. like two or three, maybe or something. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, like you said, you know, like that's why yeah, go back to support system. If I didn't have the support system to keep me going, like. But, so here's the thing. Here's what I'm talking about mindset. Okay. So let's say that you have had exactly 300 auditions and let's say you have exactly booked two. Yeah. Right. Okay. So the probable uh, response to that would be, oh, I have only booked two and I've got 300. Yeah. <laughs> and I say to you, Look at it this way. Wow, I've booked two. That's true. You know, so far I've had 300 and I've booked two. Yeah, but bring it on, yeah. you know, yeah. and keep going. It's all perspective. And the greatest champions, you know, at whatever they do, I'm, whether it is business, you know, um, sports, the entertainment industry, um, you know, read books about, you know, the traits of highly successful people because there will be many, many traits that are common for, for everyone. Yeah. And it, it comes back to self-belief, you know, meaning believing in yourself, but also believe that good things will happen, that you actually can mm -hmm. attain that, that yeah. it can happen for you. And as an actor, that's particularly key. You know, it's yeah. easier to think, God, is this ever going to happen? I don't think this is ever going to happen. 
You know, yeah. when you yeah. suffer disappointment after disappointment, that is the natural that response. Mindset, so that mindset's so important. Yeah. Yes. So that's why you yourself have to tell you know what I'm going to keep going. Okay, hasn't happened yet. I still love this. There's nothing else I'd rather do. I'm going to keep going. That's why, that's why I like tied, yeah. tied all back again to the friend group, the support group, even mm-hmm. the media that you consume, because especially mm-hmm. now there's so much social media, there's so much yes. negative news. I, I heard this, this quote once, I forget where I got this from. It's definitely not mine. I didn't make this up, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> it, uh, it, it said, you always have to be the gatekeeper of your own mind. Mm, love that. And that, yeah. I love that sentence yeah. because it, it's what it's saying is, Anything that you let affect you and let in, and even the things that you consume, because your mind's always consuming things. Yes. So whatever you let it consume, be that your friends' opinions, what they're talking about, the like the media that you're reading, even the so even on a superficial level, the people that you're following on Instagram. Yes. Like, even that shit, you're you're reading through that. It's getting into sure. your mind. So you have to audit all of that. You have Absolutely. to make sure you're, you're feeding your mind the right thing. Yes. And people are like, oh, that's so hard. Yes, it's hard. That's why it's a practice. That's exactly. Why, that's why, just like anything else, all these things, yeah. even happiness is a practice. You have to keep working on it. Mental that health. That is key. Practice. I'm so glad you said that. I'm so glad you said that because that's a key word, you know, to leave people with too is practice. Because practice does make perfect or close to perfect, you know, if yeah. perfect even exists. But it is about practice. So changing your mindset, it's like changing a habit. How do you do that? You know, practice, practice a new one. It's a lot you of know? practice and it can take. Yes years to, to really fully change something to Absolutely. rewire yourself completely and then even yeah. then it's easy to fall back for yeah, yeah. Well, you know, just know you're practice. doing you know do the best you can every day and then you can at the end of the day you can feel like you know i did i did did i do the best i could today and if the answer is yes that's a great yeah. friggin' day that's a yeah. great yeah. day i think, I think that's that book the, uh, the four agreements Have yeah. you ever read yes. the four agreements oh yes what about that yeah oh i love that yes and wait, what was the other one? The Mystery of Love. I'm just looking at my bookcase. I just read it was by love. the same author, The Mystery of Love. And oh, Don Miguel, um, what's the name? Yes. Don Miguel. Uh, it speaks about talk. many of these things. It's incredible. Yeah, it's got, incredible. He's fantastic. Yeah. fantastic. Yes. Yeah, that's that's so true. I, I, I want to like, one thing that I'm going to plug a little bit, uh, it's not mine, but one thing that's helped me tremendously, and I think honestly is good for a lot of people, is meditation. Because mm-hmm. that's, just starting your day off with the practice because meditation is known as the practice of meditation because there's no perfect way to do that because sometimes yeah. people are like, oh i feel like i'm not still so i'm doing it wrong no the great thing about meditation is you can't do it wrong you just you sit in silence and you try to tame your mind each time you practice taming your mind you practice this and so you always so if you start your day just practice it's even just 10 minutes i do it 10 minutes every day in the morning yeah and yeah. it's like a nice practice because it gets you in that mindset of okay this is it's imperfect but it's nice that i'm practicing trying to get there i love that i think that's fantastic i yes. think yeah for the morning stuff i think um i have that's like huge. a pretty extensive morning routine nowadays it's like an hour long almost and it starts with like a 10 minute yoga and then it's like a 15 minute meditation. And then I have this thing like what I had Greg try to do this called like the morning formula. I write like in third person, almost like mm. a biography of myself. Mm-hmm. And I even write stuff about acting like Thomas Banks is someone who captivates people and pulls him into his world when he's acting. Like it'll be like specific craft things like um, like you talked about, like there's a presence there or like. You know, a great actor really pulls you into his world. Like you're yes. emphasizing with them. Yes. So I'll write stuff. Right. This is the kind of actor that I am. 
mm-hmm. just to kind of remind myself like what I'm going after every time. Even if it's like a one line co-star, like it's got to be in that world. Like, yes. And so yes. I'll write stuff in my morning routine. I'll do like visualizations of me doing additions, but like have to be captivating in an addition. That's almost, fantastic. Like, That's fantastic. Yeah. And it also like sets the standard mm-hmm. of like what you want your additions to be like. Or anytime you do any sort of performance, like when I think about tennis, like I did a lot of visualization back in the, like yeah. in tennis, one of the biggest things I used to do was like, right before the guy served, I would close my, I would quickly imagine him serving to my forehand and me turning and hitting it like an inside out forehand back. Mm-hmm. Or like, I would mm-hmm. imagine him giving me a kick serve to my backhand and me chipping it back. Yeah. And yeah. So when it happened. I always like saw it ahead of time. And I remember I, I used to teach this one kid who was pretty good and his dad watched and I said, you know, I told him outright what was going to happen in the sequence of the rally. And I said, try to stop me. So I gave a kick out wide and I said, I'm going to go forehand cross court and I'm going to do a volley backhand winner. And that, like, that entire sequence like played out like that. Cause like you just visualize it and you know where it's going to go. And everything. it's like magic sometimes. That's no, amazing. Visualization. always work, but like, no, you know, that's, but a good tip. that's such a good tip for actors too. actually. Get, but what doesn't get talked about a lot. Like it would be good if they would like visualize their whole audition, the whole process, walking into yeah. the casting office, saying hi, introducing themselves, then doing the audition, and visualizing all of that in detail with sound, with smell, with mm-hmm. sound, it's everything, it's, yeah. movement, everything. And it sounds a little bit like woo-woo-y, but it's not. This is based on no. psychology. This is science. Yes. Rep it's like you're getting people. reps in. Absolutely. That's key. And that's another that's another trait. If you if you read a lot about the traits of highly successful people is, you know, setting specific goals, but visualizing, like really visualizing what you want. You also have to know what you want. Like that's the big thing. You have to define that. Like, what are you looking to achieve? What do you want? What do you want to work toward? Um, yep. That's very, very important. So we, you know, we put that out there, a specific message to the universe. We, we are looking to do this. And every morning when you wake up, whether it's meditation or, you know, writing, journaling or yoga, I mean, those are all fantastic things. And, and you know, but to start the day off in a, in a place of, of calm, calmness, quiet, you know, and positivity is huge. Yeah. And just decide when you wake up in the morning, you are going to have a good day. Regardless yeah. of what happens, that day is going to matter to you. You're going to have a good day. Kind of yeah. what's, what's something like that you do for yourself? I know everyone's routines are a little different. Is there anything that you kind of do that, you know, because I know casting schedules can get really crazy. So yes. what do you kind of do to keep yourself sane, healthy? That, you know, do you have any morning routines? Do you have some things that you do when you're stressed? I, you know what I do, and this is a little silly, I think, <laughs> and, I, and I didn't even realize that this was a morning habit and it has become one, but I actually go on Facebook and I spend about 30 minutes to an hour every morning with my coffee and my cats and surrounded by my cats and, you know, and looking for a picture of an animal or some kind of art that I can share on Facebook that I, that made me smile and I think is going to make people mm-hmm. smile. Yeah, because it just starts my day off. You know, I, I will laugh at some of the animal videos I see. You know, laughing is always fantastic. And, but it just starts my day off on such a positive note. You know, and I try to put that out there too. You know, for for other people, and, and I, that's become a habit. I do that. I think almost every single day. Wow. You know, you know what's nice about that, and 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 I want to kind of expand on that a little bit, just because it's something that I think will help everyone listening to and actors too. Is that you have your own routine, just like Tom has his own routine. I have my own routine and they're all mm-hmm. different. 
I think the mm-hmm. biggest mistake yeah. that I made originally was always trying to copy these successful people's morning routine. Yeah. And thinking, okay, I have to copy it. I have to copy it because they're doing that. Yeah. But it's right. like Tony Robbins does it's, this, it's like, Richard like, Branson does yeah, this. It's like yeah. what Tom said about acting class. It's you have to take the things that work for you and make something exactly. of your own. So it's a sense of morning routine. Yeah. Make something that works for you and that puts you in a good mindset. If, it, if that's what you're doing, that would be great. If it's a meditation, that's great. If it's Tom's morning mm-hmm. formula, that's great. If it's strumming your guitar for 20 minutes, do that. It, yeah. it can be anything, but just make some type of routine that puts you in a good start of the day. Exactly, exactly. And I, I want to expand a little bit on, 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 you said earlier, like knowing what you want. And I call mm-hmm. it vision. Your why, mm-hmm. your vision, like... And I was just thinking about it when we were talking, just between now when we were talking and, um, and how powerful that is. Because mm-hmm. even thinking about vision, like Roger Federer is always my favorite player. I always dreamed to play against him. And it happened in a form of a commercial, but it happened. I still cannot I think, believe you, you met Roger Federer and played Yeah, I, mean, I don't know if know him is the right word. He would recognize me probably if, I, if we talked again. But like, he's a great, great guy. But I even thought... One of the things I want to do, like, in a, like I'm just going to bring up a couple of things that I really had a vision of when I came to America. And I, I always wanted to be in a music video for some reason. And then I ended up doing a music video with Boys to Men. Wow. Like, I was leading one of the music videos. Another wow. one, ask Greg about this. I always wanted to be a character in a book. Interesting. And, that, and my favorite genre is stuff with vampires and fantasy. Oh. Like, my whole life, I read a ton with magic and elves and... Like it's my fa- wow. my fantasy and, and fiction is my favorite genre, and I always want to be a character in a book. And yeah. all of a sudden, then that that wicked thing happened. Like now I'm a character. You know, assume, assume everything goes through still with the Corona, which I hope it will. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. But I, all of a sudden, I'm a character in a book in a genre, my favorite genre. That's crazy. You just gave me chills. It's I just, love that. And, I, and those were the reason I say it is because those were so specific. That vision. Yes. Yes. Because I think even when I look at my acting, like, yes, I've always wanted to be a series regular. And yes, I want to win an Oscar or whatever. And I want to do these great movies. But it was never like specific, which director did I want yeah. to work? Which actor do I want to have seen? But the Roger Federer thing, I always, I was very specific. I wanted to play with him. Mm-hmm. The book thing, I was very specific. I always wanted to be a character in a book. I don't know why. Yeah. yeah. Like one of my fate, like it was always very, 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 very specific. Yeah. Those things up until now have always happened. Like, I was very specific. I wanted to move to LA and become an actor here. And sometimes, and you, you know, have. when you're auditioning at the See? studio, it's like, I still pinch myself because like we're from a small town in Belgium originally, like a small, small yeah. town, like a sleepy town. And and so thinking about vision, and I'm kind of like discovering this as we're talking right now, but even in my life, the things that I always got were the things that I was specific about what I wanted. Yes, yes. I, and, I really believe the universe responds the, to that. The universe- It has to, it has to. It does. And it, it responds to what you put out there, right? And when yeah. it's like in relationships too, you know, a lot of times we have specific ideas um, of, of who we want to be with, the kind of person we want to be with. And so maybe there will be, what, two, three, four major characteristics, you know? It could be yeah. a physical attribute. It could be a personality. It could be anything. How often, when you look back on relationships that didn't work, and this is an, an, an interesting question to pose, how often do you look back and say, oh, well, that person was all those those four things, but I forgot to say that <laughs> I also want this and this and this, which are kind of key, you know, but we don't think yeah. to put that out there. So you get what you put out there. And, and I think that, that, you know, um, being as specific as you can about what you want is very important for a number of reasons. You know, one, you, you know, we don't, 
often um, really ask ourselves what what we truly want. We have a vague mm-hmm. idea. We kind of a exist, right, yeah. and go about our daily lives, you know, month to month, year to year, and and kind of float through and respond to things and kind of, you know, migrate in a general direction of something we think we want, but we never really define it specifically. And I think it's so important to specifically ask yourself because you also then get to know yourself better. Yep. And I think yeah. that's that's very, very important for an actor, um, you know, and, and ask yourself a million questions. I mean, what do you want? Really, what do you want out of not just of your career, but in life? What yeah. do you want your life to look like? And why do you want it? Absolutely. Absolutely. And That's do you really want thing. it? You have to be the thing. Asking yourself questions like that will force you to be truthful and mm. honest with yourself. And everything starts there. Everything. And there's so many times we are not honest with ourselves because maybe we don't take the time to be. Or we just haven't thought about it. that shows up in like interactions and additions. Like when somebody's like, I don't even know what word I'm looking for right now, but when somebody clearly knows what they want, I Mm -hmm. I almost think that shows up in their addition that they fully like. like, Authenticity is noticeable. When somebody is really in touch with who they are, with what they want, with how they want to live, when they're truly, truly aware of that, um, that again, it becomes that, indefinable thing you're talking about that itch yeah. factor yeah that's, that's part that's of it it's all yeah. connected you know? i think what's important in that too is is sometimes people have a hard time defining exactly what they want or mm-hmm. they think like oh if i if i don't want to limit myself or i don't want yeah. this is it and but people have to remember that you, this can this keeps getting adjusted continuously. Absolutely. Oh, absolutely. Like you, you can, can change what you want. Yeah, you can change absolutely. everything. It's better. Just get started. It's also good if I call everything. It's like just get started. Write yeah. down what you want right now. If that changes mm-hmm. in a month, change it again. But again, the yes. habit, the and review it a lot then. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Become a, a really good tennis player. You have to what do you have to do first? You have to pick up a racket. Yep. Yeah. And you have to start hitting the ball. Now you yeah. may want to start with, you know, a one-handed backhand, or yeah. you, you know, and then you, you know, five years you may discover I, I want a two-handed backhand. So you adjust. Like Pete but, Sampras, Sampras, you know, the Sampras you might notice since you love tennis. Sampras yeah. discovered that uh, he had a two-handed backhand until I think 16, 17, if not 16, late. 16, 17, he changed yeah. his career. He was already on the pro tour. Yeah. He was already on the pro tour, and Agassi mentions this in his book. And then all of a sudden, at 18, I think he switched to a one-handed backhand. Isn't that amazing? And that's yeah. the thing. Because you can always do, you can always redefine yourself. We are always evolving. So who I am tomorrow is not going to be who I am today. Maybe talking to you is going to change how I start perceiving things. And that'll change the decision I make. And that'll be different tomorrow because of that. You know, so, so what are some things that... Um, that's so, sorry, what are some, uh, that's, I like that you said that too, Lindsay, because I think sometimes people are so obsessed with their beliefs they're like oh these are my beliefs and if i change yeah. my beliefs what does that say about me yes it says that you're growing and absolutely beliefs, beliefs are is not who you are that's not right. who you are they're part of, of you but they they change they keep changing yes like, i think it's it would be disappointing if some of the beliefs you had were still there five to ten years from now yes absolutely and i think to yes to expand on what you're saying exactly is i grew up thinking that if I admitted I didn't know something, or if I admitted I was wrong, or if I changed my mind, that was weakness. Yep. Interesting. Yep. I thought that too. Yep. I you did know? too. 
Yeah. So for many years, I thought that. And also, Thomas, what you were saying, too, I thought I had to do it on my own. I thought asking for help was a sign of weakness. I, yeah. Yeah. Right? <laughs> you know, yeah. and so I held all those beliefs, you know, fiercely for a long time. And um, luckily, you know, things happened to me in life. And, and I responded in such a way that I I started questioning all that. And I've, I've changed that now. And I think, you know, that that the real sign of strength um, is malleability and, and, you know, the, the willingness to, to learn and to change mm-hmm. and to adapt, you know, we are all students in this life. So yeah. the more we educate ourselves, the more we learn, the more we're going to have information in our minds and in our hearts that are going to change our decisions and change our belief yeah. systems. That's so, so, so that's so good to, to say that. I don't think a lot, not everyone believes that or thinks mm-hmm. about that because they're so bonded on whatever they believe. I mean, you can see this play out on a national level with everything that's going on with the protests now too. Yes. Uh, and and good, good, we see things changing now, which is mm-hmm. good if people are changing their beliefs, which is good. But like a lot of those type of problems come from that. I don't want to get too much into that, but yeah. the problems like that come from people just being like, this is what I think, I'm never changing again. No, oh, no. absolutely, absolutely. Adjusting, that's it. And there's a great book uh, what you about what you were saying uh, called anti anti fragile, I think it's called anti fragile, oh. uh, and it's Tell a little bit about that. that. It's saying that the strongest things aren't invincible. The strongest things mm-hmm. aren't unbreakable. The strongest things are the things that break and then become stronger because of breaking. Yes. Oh, I love that. Well, yes, I yeah. love that. I have to read that book. That's fantastic. We're gonna well, give you what? like a book reading list, a summer reading list, or something like that. Yes, we should compare notes. Some, 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 some compare notes. Some compare notes. What are some things that you know, you still uh, talking about vision and your why, like what is it something you have in your vision still, like in terms of specifics, like what you still want to do or experience? It doesn't even have to be in entertainment. Uh, I would love to win a Grand Slam tournament in tennis. <laughs> why are you laughing? Why are you laughing? Wait a minute. Winning a Grand Slam, hey. you said? <laughs> Hey, it's okay. Me too. I was literally talking. So me and my friend Jeremy were talking about this and we're like considered probably getting on the too old to make it on the tour type of age. But like, we were literally like, you know what would be a big dream is to start training again. Just get one ATP point. That'd be cool. There you go. For me, for me, one of my, I would love to meet Roger Federer. So If you guys can arrange that, um, then you know what? I can, I can I literally say you, my life is complete. If I get put on set with him again, I promise you, on oh my, my heart and word, <laughs> I will get you on set. That's fantastic. I would love that. <laughs> but, but, you know, I yeah. mean, practical things. Um, I, I just, I want to become a better casting director. You know, I just think whatever you do in life, I just, I want to get better at it. And I feel that that um, I do notice like every couple of years when I really take inventory, gosh, okay, I, I do this better than I used to do this particular yeah. thing, you know, or this. So I want to keep getting better. Um, I would love to teach more. I would love to be in more classroom settings with actors. I yeah. just, that, that gives me such a joy. I, I don't even have words for it, you know, and, mm. and just especially speak about these things, you know, the, the, the spiritual side, the, the mindfulness approach to, to acting and, yep. and also to share some, some of, you know, I've been doing this a really long time and, and um, there's so many things that I think that I could, I want to tell actors that will help them feel better and more inspired. And, you know, one of them is, you know, it's also debunking myths, you know, casting directors. Yeah who seem like, you know, we, you had said early on that maybe we're a little intimidating or, you know, but as a group, but we want actors to do well. 
Mm-hmm. I mean, I think yeah. I can speak for almost, I hope, almost every cast director out there that, you know, we love auditions. We love having actors come in. We want you to do well. We're cheering for you, yeah. you know? So, yeah. and we're in this business. I, and again, I hope I speak for all the cast directors because we do love actors. You know, it's like becoming a veterinarian and not liking animals. Why in the world would you go through vet school yeah. and put yourself through all that if you don't even like animals? Why would you be around? You know, I mean, honestly, there's so many cast directors that love actors and we appreciate you and we we respect you and um you know we've made a decision to be surrounded by you and live amongst you you know in our lives and and i think that's something to keep in mind as an actor you know we're we're um doing that deliberately because we want to be in your midst and we want to help you know that if we can help you get from point a to point b to us that's like making a dream come true you know, we, we want to help you do that. And, and I think that's one of the facets of casting that, uh, that I embrace the most as uh, the possibility. Is that what drew right? you to casting the most, you think? Yeah, that absolutely. Of it? Like absolutely. How, what, no, so normally in the beginning, we always kind of ask your origin story. We, this, yeah. this whole podcast, we just went all over the place. We well, what's, like great, we normally do. what's great about this episode is I love everything that we've talked about and actually like it more than the questions that we've prepared so I don't think we're going to go too much into all the questions that we prepared because I think this is much better. If anything, we yeah. probably want to get, bring you back at some point and, and go into some other areas as well. Uh, awesome. but I, I've loved everything that you've talked about in, in, with the mindset stuff. I think that's just yeah. it's something we haven't really talked that much about on the podcast, which yeah. I guess is kind of surprising, but it, it's so huge. If anything, I think it everything flows from that. And I love yes. that you're, you're talking about, and you said you want to start doing like classes, I believe. And teach. Oh, absolutely. I want to teach more. Absolutely. I want to be in the classroom setting, um, whether it's um, individual coaching, you know, coaching auditions for specific audition coaching actors um, or have a, a, an audition technique class, yeah. Um, yeah. you know, any any kind of venue that, that offers that um, Zoom classes. You know, um, um, I, I really want to be more accessible to actors, to actors that I don't know and be able to to um, have them communicate with me and have me communicate with them and and have there be that that channel of, um, you know, or have that be the vessel through which I can hopefully encourage, you know, yeah. or inform or or hopefully ultimately inspire. I mean, that that is that would be my greatest, greatest goal. And uh, in addition to winning a Grand Slam tennis tournament, but in addition to the Grand Slam, yes. Which Grand Slam? Which Grand Slam, though? Any any particular one? Uh, I would say I just I mean the the Australian Open or the U.S. Open. Although the French Open is is I I listen I love the French Open I just have never um, embraced clay myself playing on clay. So So it's got to be you know all about clay. Okay, Great so like then play, we yeah. need to talk because I would love to learn to love it. And then yeah. I love grass, so Wimbledon too. I, I hate mean, it. I, I hate grass courts. Uh, really? Yeah. Well, I never get a good. Every, I'm, I'm a timing player, so like grass disrupts my timing way okay. too much. Yeah. And uh, everything feels skittish. I always feel like I'm about to fall. I don't know. Yeah, I like that challenge. It looks beautiful, and I love Wimbledon. I love how it looks, and I love seeing yes. it. I mean, my, my game just doesn't suit that surface at all. No, yeah. yours doesn't. Yeah. <laughs> yours doesn't. Oh, you have I, to, I would love you to, I, okay, you have to teach me all about playing on clay because I, I need help there. Definitely. It's, it's, it's clay, my yeah. favorite. It's also so much better because I have a little bit of a knee issue. So it's like so much better for oh, like yeah. your joints and everything because it's so much yes. smaller than these hard courts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get it. I get it. So well, you would ask me how I got into casting? Yeah. 
You want to yeah, know? Yeah, kind of like how did what, what how did you get into there? Um, it's actually a cool little story. I thought that I was going. I wanted to work for NASA. Oh wow. I wanted to go. What? Yes, I wanted to go into astronautical engineering. Now, when I was in high school, I had a, an amazing. I was part of the drama department, you know, uh-huh. and music and tennis. But but you know, my drama teacher was amazing. Um, yeah. And, and, uh, you know, I was so inspired and I, I helped with all the school plays and I loved it more than anything. And growing up, um, my mother introduced me to movies, um, mm-hmm. at a very young age and, and, and I was watching TV and movies ever since I can remember. So that was always yeah. an incredible love of my life. I just never thought that would translate into a profession. Right. So it was nothing I considered. So I, I love math. I love physics and I got into MIT. So I was wow. going to go to MIT. I was planning wow. to do that and go into engineering. And my dream was to work for NASA. My mother got ill, became ill. So I thought I should stay in California. I went to Stanford. They didn't have the engineering program that I wanted. So I ended up an undeclared major. And I just wandered into the drama department one day. Literally. What do you mean wandered? wandered? Like you just like walked walked into it? It wasn't like by accident. I did (laughs) have I wanted to check it out, of course. So I I did go there. It was my first week. And uh, I swear to you... The moment I set foot in that theater, I felt, I didn't have the words for it at the time. Since then, I have read an article that, that stated it the best I could. It said, I felt deeply, deeply home. My soul felt deeply, deeply home. Wow, yeah. And I thought, this is it. I found what I've been looking for. I just still didn't know what that meant, but I ended up majoring in drama and psychology. And I came down to LA and I just fell into casting. I just fell into it. I sent my resume out, which was just basically my college degree. and. I was hired by um, a casting office, but I had sent it out to production offices, you know, to um, producers, to production companies, and um, and two casting directors, you know, called me in, and I, I accepted an internship with one of them, and the rest is history. That simple. Wow. Yeah. I never thought about it, um, but I, I'm thinking there's nothing I've been better suited to. My entire life prepared me for it because, you know, all I know about all the actors, you know, I would watch shows for you know, ever since I was a little kid and, and rate performances and talk about it. And, and uh, there's nothing greater to me when, when I'm in a theater now and whether it's a movie theater or a live theater, and you know, that moment when the lights go down. Yeah. Oh my God. I still, yeah. you know, I have chills right now. I mean, there's no other feeling like that. And, and I just knew being in a theater, I wanted to be around that my entire life. So wow. I feel very lucky. I can Not tell you, 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 you generally still like, love it probably more than even back then. Like I yeah. it's, it's so, it oozes off of you, your passion for it, um, which oh, I think yeah. is awesome. I, I think it's, um, you know, we talk a lot about charisma and magnetic. Like, I feel like you totally have that when you, when you. <laughs> oh, thank you. You're so sweet. Yeah. You know, what's oh, funny is really? I never wanted to be an actor. That was nothing ever that was in my realm. I, I, I I'm terrible at it. I'm, I'm really, really bad. I mean, if, if my life depended on actor and acting, I would not be here today. It's, you know, it's that bad. Yeah. But, but, you know, to, to, to watch somebody perform and then to and writers do the same thing, they inspire me. I mean, how yeah. somebody can, can sit down and, and write these words and flesh out these characters or storylines, you know, and then what directors bring to it and producers and, and, and costumers, you know, and, and the makeup artists. I mean, they're all artists. And, just I love that I can every day of my my work life I'm surrounded by artists that is amazing I mean I feel so privileged to be able to do that you know I I think that's the part I also love about 
particularly being on set and everything like mm-hmm. high level sets mm-hmm. people say why don't you go do regional theater or stuff like that and and i have nothing against it but you want to work with people who are just at the highest level yeah and you can tell just love what they do and i think that's the one thing that i've always said because people said oh just, why don't you just go do like a small theater play or whatever and i've done many of them too i've done a lot of theater as well but yeah. the main thing is when you're on those kind of sets everybody is at the top of their game. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, it's yes. When we talked earlier in tennis, like, you know, you want to you wanna play against the best so that you reach your best. It's the same on set. Like, when you're on a professional TV set, everybody is on their A game. Yes. There's a lot of, like, expectation, which I love. And, and it's just, like, it forces you to, like, play life in general at a higher level, just being on the set because nobody Fs around, at least not any of the sets that I've been on. Yes, so, yes. And, like, it's it's... It's a lot of pressure, yes, but it's also people that are like a hundred percent invested, no matter what. Exactly, exactly, and it's and it's, that's, it's that's always inspiring I, to be in the company of other people that do what they do well. Yeah. Yes, exactly. And, and love that, what they do. My, that's my answer yeah. always when people say, "Why don't you go do like something you know not as professionally?" Because you want to work with the best of the best, of the best. Absolutely. I mean, that's what what will help you improve. You know, I I also think there there's great value in in going you know to to a small town you know, in the middle of America, you know, it's very remote and seeing, um, a, you know, dinner theater performance somewhere, yeah. you know, where maybe there are five people in the audience, but to still see those actors get up on that stage and, yeah. and you know, pour their hearts into those roles and perform and embrace it. That's, there's something glorious in that too. I think it's, you know, well, just to see the expression of art is, is something yeah. that, that, um, I, I keep saying it, but it's a privilege. It really is a privilege. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. But it's been great. It's been great having you on. This conversation went in a whole different direction. It's honestly <laughs> a better yeah. direction, I think. And it's just it's just been such a great conversation hearing about, you know, all your mindset and, and what you've been talking about. And it's, and it's so in line, I think, with how me and Tom think. Yeah. Uh, it's been really great having you on. And Thank you. We're definitely going to have to get out there and play uh, play tennis. <laughs> you you we're are also, on. We are definitely doing that. Yeah. a grand slam, you know? <laughs> yes, right? right? We'll play mixed doubles. Great. We'll do a grand slam mixed doubles. Yeah. I love it. Yeah, that's a good All idea. Right, we, I'm going to hold you to that because now it's recorded. So I know. Now it's, yes, no, now it's going to be on there. <laughs> um, contract. We'd also definitely love to have you like on a second time just to talk about some mindset stuff for actors. I think that's super, super valuable. Yeah, I think uh, oh, I love it. Anytime. Fun. And uh, we could have you on again, especially because it looks like you're going to start doing some classes. It could be cool to like hear what it's going to be about or like sure. some of the things that you're going to teach there and kind of show some of the actors that that'd be awesome. Absolutely. Again, one of my favorite topics. So yeah, I'd love yeah, that. Absolutely. Um, is, there, is there anywhere they, that anyone can, uh, any of the actors can check you out? Is there any, we'll obviously link stuff up in the, uh, in the description. Um, but is there anything that you'd want them to check out or where to go? Uh, just my website, which is lindsayshag.com. Lindsay Shag. Would be great. Um, I also have a personal and a professional, a professional Facebook page. So either one of those. Okay. If uh, actors want to see um, posts of funny animals, <laughs> then they should check out <laughs> my my personal page. Um, and I'm just getting started on my, my professional page. So that's cool. Um, and I'm going to be, you know, finally engaging in social media more Perfect. than ever. So I'm going to yeah. start that in the next couple of weeks and I'll be, uh, I'll be getting a lot of posts out. Oh, awesome. So, yeah. Okay. Are you going to be teaching primarily in Atlanta or in LA as well? Uh, probably Atlanta mainly and, and maybe yeah. a little bit in New York, you know, the Eastern East coast for a while, I think. Yeah. 
Yeah, but I do cast, I cast um, almost all the producers that I am working with are based in LA or New York. Yeah. Um, so I, I spend most of my time in Atlanta and Los Angeles, just as far as, as casting sessions go. That makes sense. Um, yeah. But I cast everywhere, you know, and I, that's, that's another dream. I just want to, you know, I want to be more, as mobile as possible. That's yeah. just fun. No, that makes sense. That's really fun. Yeah. Well, that's, that's the glory of self-tape. I love self-tapes now because you can yes. kind of be, you're not as bound to where yes. you can never travel during the season and all that kind of stuff. And, and, and exactly. And now Zoom, I mean, how wonderful is Zoom, you know, because yeah. I could literally be face to face with actors from Belgium, you know, um, <laughs> yes. you never know. Right. I, I mean, yes. that's what's so cool. How awesome is that? If, if, uh, you know, actors that are starting out on a different continent can, can yeah. touch base with somebody, you know, here, I mean, that that's wonderful. So I would love to, to engage in that a lot more too. Yeah. Awesome. 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 Well, thank you so much um, you bet. for coming on and everything like that. And this has been just absolutely fantastic. We loved it on our end as well. Thank um, you. A lot of packed with great information. Greg, is there anything you still? No, I think, I think that's been great. I think there's a lot of gold here that I think a lot of actors are going to get a lot out of because the mindset thing is definitely something we haven't touched as expansively on as today. And honestly, it's, it's so huge. So I'm really yes. glad that we turned this conversation to away from the questions that we originally had planned and it turned into something way better. And honestly, we look forward to having you on again because I think there's a lot more that we can talk about. I look forward to that. It's my pleasure. Thank you. Thanks, Lindsay. Thanks for listening to today's episode. Please subscribe to our podcast and stay updated on new episodes every week. Check out our show notes for our contact info and social media and hit us up with any questions you may have.